Good morning. Want me to talk like this? That's so much better. All right, well, good morning, everyone. And, uh, oops, I'd like to thank um, everybody the last couple weeks who's talked about thankfulness. We're kind of on a thankfulness series, I guess you would call it. We've had a couple of topics that were, you know, Stephen Haley's, you know, liberal minds and all. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I, 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 both of them taught some things that helped me a lot and, and, and made me at least think about maybe reconsidering things, which is always good. I don't just blow people off on, on stuff. I, I, try, I try to listen. All right, so before we start, let's have a word of prayer. <clears throat> thank you, Lord, for this day and for everyone who's here. Um, let's thank you for life, Lord. It's funny how um, even something as special as life can come um, just ordinary. I'm not talking about the events. I mean, um, just really appreciating that each day that we have the um, the honor, I guess you would say, to actually be alive. Um, and I would personally say that um, how much better my life is since I have um, allowed you in into my life. And I, I thank you, Lord, um, for this this time to um, to teach and, and to, to talk. And I pray that um, <clears throat> what I say um, glorifies you and is. Helpful and edifying to everyone here. And I pray, Lord, that you bless the, the kids upstairs. Um, I'm thankful for the for the people here who devote their time and their energies into um, uh, teaching the kids and, and honing them and, and um, shaping them into um, becoming um, followers and believers. You. Again, thank you for this time. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I'm going to teach today about what I'm thankful for. When I decided to seriously start following Jesus almost 20 years ago, the church I attended always met on Sunday evening as well as Sunday morning. Um, it was always, and on Wednesday evenings too. One preacher there say it takes three to thrive. Um, and, but this particular preacher would, on occasion, uh, on occasion, he would ask people to give 
quick test testimonial, which a testimony is just how has God been working in your life? Inevitably, there would be a few people who would say, I'm thankful for my salvation, or I'm thankful Jesus saved me, or something to that effect. What does, um, have you guys ever experienced that, like gone to a church and they, and they say that? What, what does that typically mean? When somebody says they're thankful for their salvation, what does that mean? That they're not going to burn in hell. There you go. <laughs> and I have here typically when they and I said that, uh, it meant we were thankful that we were saved from God, sending us to a fiery hell to be tormented for eternity. And as comforting as that thought should have made me feel, I always felt there was something substantially missing from it. It was always basically taught that if you told God you were sorry for being a wretched human, and as long as you followed the rules, then you got to go to heaven when you die. And that's very rudimentary, but I'm just saying that's, that's kind of like the, the bare bones of it. I am grateful for the years with that church. I, I did learn a lot. But I never really felt close to God, just more like I had gotten a reprieve from punishment as long as I didn't break the rules. Because if I did, surely God would bring the hammer down on me eventually. <coughs> what was essentially taught was, uh, what was what was essentially taught what I was to believe to be salvation, to be my salvation, felt more like following rules out of fear of retribution from an angry God. So there's no sex, no drinking, no cussing, no voting Democrat, no rock and roll, and you have to give 10% of your earnings. It has to be the gross, not the net, the gross. That part's correct. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> well, technically it is, right? Okay. <clears throat> well, just because the government takes your money doesn't mean you didn't make it. It's somebody else took it first. We were always taught to be nice, but ultimately it didn't really matter if your attitude about outsiders changed, or if your heart had hatred towards the ungodly, or if you even really believed that the rules you were supposed to follow in love were... You know, you didn't have to even like those. You just had to do it. Just stay the course, and you'll keep out of hell. That was the main objective. Today I'm going to talk about being thankful for my salvation because I am truly thankful for Jesus saving me. The Bible speaks of salvation being saved in three tenses. Ephesians 2.5 says, It is by God's grace that you have been saved. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but we who are being saved know it, know it is the very power of God. Romans 5.10 says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more surely having been reconciled, we will be saved by his life. So did you catch that? So it's, you have been saved, you're being saved, and you will be saved. To me, salvation seems to be more of a life-living progression 
as opposed to just a means to reach a destination or the means by which to avoid a destination. Now, I'm not saying that those who refuse to put their faith in Jesus don't go to hell, whatever hell may be, may be a fire, darkness, separation from God. What I am saying is salvation is much more than that. And by the way, this is going to kind of, um, you guys are going to have to talk a little bit or we're going to get done here in about 10 minutes. Is our salvation through Jesus because he is Lord of our lives or because he is simply secretary of afterlife affairs? Basically, is Jesus just the one who keeps you out of hell? If Jesus is Lord of our life, he will affect how we live our life. If our definition of salvation is simply not going to hell, then behavior and attitude have relatively no bearings on our being saved. And that's highly problematic. Matthew 5 through 7, Matthew 15, Galatians 5, 1 Corinthians 6, Colossians 3, 1 Peter, Romans, pretty much the whole book of James. All these speak of conduct of the behavior of those who are, are saved. And that list is not even remotely close to being exhaustive. So basically, if you read the New Testament, it, it is all, I don't say it's all about, but the overwhelming majority of it is how people who claim to follow Jesus are supposed to act and how they're supposed to believe. Um, I'll even go out on a limb and, and I'll say this. You, you, can, you, can, you can draw lines and make connections, perhaps, but there is not a verse that specifically comes right out and says that um, Jesus saves you from going to hell. Okay? There's, you can read things into it, and there's certain things you can make the connection. That's why I won't say that that's not true, not part of it. But there is not a, there's not like Paul. Paul never says about, you know, you should get saved so you don't go to hell. That is not like talked about. And if I'm wrong, let me know. I'd like to find it. Uh, okay. So all these other, so there's all these passages and, and everything in the New Testament, especially, um, about how we are to conduct and how we are supposed to basically behave. And I know those are not good words, right? But I mean, that's just kind of how it is. And, and that list is like, what I just read off is like a short list. I didn't need to go into more. So does that mean in order to be saved, you must follow rules? Well, there's two accounts where Paul, and I think it's in 1 Corinthians, he says that um, he's, he's like, he's writing uh, the church in Corinth this letter. And, and Paul says, yeah, you guys in Corinth say that, that you're allowed to do anything. Because, you know, when you're saved, you're, you can, you know, nothing can like take you away from God. So, so they say, you know, we, we can do whatever we want. But Paul tells them, that's true, and I'm paraphrasing this, but not everything is good for you, right? So he tells them that twice in this letter, that, yeah, you can pretty much do whatever you want, but that doesn't mean it's good for you. Because Paul doesn't dispute that we can do whatever we want, but just because we can doesn't mean we should. 
I talked with Haley about that last week. But, uh, it's because you can eat meat doesn't mean you should. We don't have to follow rules. But if we proclaim to be followers of Christ, we should want to follow the example Jesus teaches us, <coughs> which is sacrificial love. Because left to our own devices, we would probably make some very unchristlike decisions. This is why a definition of salvation solely based on the escape clause from hell is also problematic. And I read, when I, when I did my teaching a few weeks ago about uh, Satan and all that, I read this, I, I used this verse, and it, just, and it just fits well with this also. This is uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 10. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. Worship the things, uh, worshiping the things of... Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is idolater, worshiping the things of the world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when you, your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Oh, there's that thing again. <laughs> Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old nature, your old sinful nature, and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. All right, and I pointed out that it says, be renewed as you learn. So you're learning how to not do these things, right? And somewhere up, up in here it says, it talks about thinking. I forget where it's at, but... But it's the, the whole deal is that, you know, it's, it, it's, it's up to us to not do these things. Um, and I would also like to read Romans. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice to kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Okay? Um, we talk a lot about um, how Jesus you know, can change your heart and that kind of thing, right? We say the phrase, change of heart, knowing that our heart doesn't physically change and we don't process thoughts through our physical heart, right? I mean, that seems like kind of silly to point that out. But we say change of heart, meaning that we have made a profound change in our way of thinking, and it's usually the complete opposite way of how we thought. When we follow the rules that God has laid out for us, sometimes we have to have, have to fake it to make it. 
It takes some time to relearn behavior. But we do it trusting that the way Christ says we should act and think is best for us in society because it reflects God's true character. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm assuming you've grasped what I'm getting at on, on this. Um, so I'm going, I haven't really given this, I, I intentionally haven't given this a lot of thought. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I don't have anything right now here, but um, when I say that I am truly thankful for my salvation, um, I am. I, I am, because what I feel, and I don't want to get into the whole debate about the whole hell thing, okay? Um, because I, I think most of us realize that um, um, being saved is more than just, you know, not being punished for being, being bad. Um, I, <clears throat> what I'm thankful for being saved from, it, for the most part, is just being, <coughs> excuse me, just being really angry. And just, um, um, I mean, I still, I still come across, if you know me well enough, where I'm kind of, I say things like the book of Ecclesiastes is my favorite book in the Bible because it's so depressing and it's so hopeless and it's like, and it is, it's just it's one of my favorite books. But I, but I don't, just because I lean that way, I don't necessarily believe that way anymore, if that makes any sense. Um, I do, I do have a hope, a hope in this for life, you know, I mean, it's, um, I don't know, it's just, I never realized how, how burdensome it was to be always mad and to hold and hold anger against people. Um. Because, um, because, I, I mean, I talk about how you know I used to drink quite a bit back when I used to drink and um, and all that, but most of that was because of my just my attitude towards life and that kind of thing. So when I so now, like, if I say I'm you know I'm thankful for my salvation, I'm thankful for Jesus saving me from just being uh, an angry, you know doomsday kind of kind of guy um, and actually showing me that just because I can't live this this one way that I want to that there actually is another way to live and that's where the whole thing about changing the way you think about stuff and trusting and trusting that what Jesus teaches how to how to treat others because um, because, I mean, if, if, if anything about Facebook is, is good, or at least telling, is that I have Christian friends on there who will tell you that you should love everyone. And then they, they'll basically talk about how much they hate certain politicians. And it's like, that's not, how you're, that's not what Jesus teaches. Te Jesus teaches you, you love everybody, whether you agree with them or not. That there's more to a person than their philosophies and stuff um, so what I want what I would like to put out there is um, 
what how have you guys always viewed salvation in in what has Jesus saved you from or what has Jesus saved you to which is also a very true And I mean, I used to be like that too. Um, I I stay pretty calm. I mean, I I had my moments for like about five seconds where I kind of lose it, but um, three yeah. minutes. But 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 some of but some of the anger that I was and I I, I didn't. This is why I usually write everything down so I art I articulate better. Is like I I used to hold. I don't I don't know if grudge is even the right word. I mean, I would just hold intense hatred towards anybody who did me wrong. And, and, and I even at a couple of times would try to, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't seek revenge, right? But I would try to manipulate <coughs> situations in life that would somehow come back and make that person hurt. I mean, I'd be like step number, I started here and seven steps later, this would happen. Put a lot of energy, a lot of energy into stuff like that, and, and uh oh, we're gonna, yeah. Sorry. I'm just trying to fill the blank spots until somebody raises their hand. <laughs> So you, so you would say that you are being saved from that? Currently, yes. Yeah. That's part of the life, the, the life living progression of salvation is something. Because it's a daily struggle. I mean, if you have unrealistic expectations on people, you're going to be disappointed. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's just. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. My, like myself, too. Not just other people, but. So, well, well, Amy will tell you, like, if we're driving, <laughs> if we're driving for a parking spot and, <laughs> and somebody's, like, walking right down the middle, it's like, just walk to one side just be a decent human being and just move over here and have a little bit of consideration and it's like i it's like my first instinct is i just want to just run up behind him and hit him but i for the people who grocery shopping you know it should be like at the street right and left but then you have the people who their buggy is on the right side and they're standing next 
next to the bogey on the left side of the aisle looking at something, so then you can't get past. Yeah. <laughs> Where do they get a buggy from? Probably from Kentucky or Do you hate me for that? <laughs> no, I probably deserve it. <laughs> Good. Um, I think like I've struggled with that too, with like the anger where you're angry at the way somebody has done something or but for me it's like it's I think that I would do better in that situation if I was in it. But then um, like this year, for example, I've got a huge dose of humility and I've been in situations that I was angry at other people for. And then when I was in the situation, I realized it actually was really, <laughs> it really is a difficult situation. And then, like, that dose of humility that I needed pushed me to, like, have more love and compassion for other people because you don't understand their situation and what they're in and why they're making the decisions that they're making. Um, so I kind of needed that. Even though it was, like, a tough thing, it was a good thing to get that humility. And that humility has, like, helped me to be less angry that makes any sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I feel like I'm not going to be able to verbalize this like as strongly as I feel it, but I, um, what was it like the old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer cartoon that they play every year around Christmas where there's the aisle, the island of, of Misfit Toys. Toys. And I, I feel, uh, yeah, I, I feel a lot like, um, I, don't, I don't know how, how, like, universal this is, but I feel a lot like that sometimes, that just part of the human condition is feeling like, you know, there's all these great things that you aspire to, but meanwhile, you're just painfully aware of how sh short you fall from that, and how... You know, you, there's this feeling of, um, you know, I have this great purpose. Then there's also this feeling of this huge gap of how short I fall of it and how, you know, how much I'm twisted in this way or, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough in this way or um, just that. And sometimes there's almost like a feeling of despair, like, you know, I, I just want to be something good. And I feel like, for me, salvation is kind of the hope that, you know, we are going to be made into, like, that full purpose of what mm -hmm. we were intended for. And so, like, this aspirations we have for being something great or being something wonderful, it's not just some kind of uh, baseless dream. It's like, that really is the future. And... and like salvation is the means to get there past all of like the misfitness. Nobody wants a Charlie in the box. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you articulated that fairly well. You can write him down for 29. I'll just start going, no, 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 no,
the last few years hearing about the theory or the concept that like hell and heaven are on earth or we experience them on earth has been or can has been really enlightening to me because for so long it's, it's I've I had lived or been trying to live because you know, I'm the end goal and like I need to do these things and try to be good or make good decisions or whatever because in the very end of everything I want you know the salvation. But then when I started thinking about um, and you know going about life, what I saw best. But 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 then when I had that concept in my mind or like started entertaining it. It makes you think about the hell side of it more, like rather than being in darkness or fire or all this like realistic torture or like what we would think of as torture. Thinking of like being like that anger. If you're ang angry at someone and you just can't let it go and you just want to see you know like a repercussion from it or you want to go yell at them or whatever, like all of these things. Are like boiling in you and like you're sitting in this and you're feeling these feelings and it's making you stressed and it's making you lose sleep. This person over here, they didn't, they're the ones that did it, but they're not thinking about it at all. They're fine. And it's it's all this stuff that is on you. So even though we, I feel like that's like a, a version of going through hell because you're not able, or we aren't able to let go of something sooner. So it's, it's up to us and our, you know, connection with God and trying to reflect what we saw in Christ to them for these people that are frustrating us um, because not only do we need to forgive them because they, you know, God has forgiven them, but the sooner we can find that, like, peace and love for them in our hearts, the sooner we're released from that, like, tiny version of hell on earth. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the same way with heaven, it's like we we glorify hard like hard work and suffering and pain and like oh look at this martyr, which you know is there's something to say for that, but we don't have to suffer forever because Christ suffered for us. And so I see you know there's lots of people in my life who think like they're just doing these things that they hate to do because in the end you know they're going to have more jewels in their crown, so to speak. But they're not enjoying the little things on earth that Christ has given us to enjoy, like time with our friends and family, and you know, going to Friendsgivings, and you know, the nature and seeing the blues fall and vacations and stuff like that, if you know, possible. Um, so yeah, I just that I think is what I tend to think about or entertain more often now because um, I feel like it gives you more action steps and and more tangibility to what we want to reflect in Christ or like show God like this, I am doing these things to try to show you glory um, back. And it makes it so you can do things now rather than like waiting and building up stuff and putting things off because in the end when we die, that's when it all starts to matter. So, um, the interesting thing you said about um, forgiving someone, um, <clears throat> Because what, what I found, at least with me, is um, when somebody would hurt me, I found the easiest way for me to get over it was to hate them. And which, which, I, I, I won't, it, it, that's not the way to do it. 
But the, pro the, but the real problem with that is, is once you've learned that that works that way, then when somebody else does something, you do it to them. And it's like, it just, it just builds. And then it becomes, it becomes comfortable. And it's, 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 just, it's just how you live your life. And, and, and it eventually it catches up with you and you just, you just realize that you're just mad at everything. It doesn't matter. And, but that's, that's the danger of, of hating is that it actually becomes your nature. And it, it's, and that's why, that's why, you know, Paul always talks about like renewing your mind, rethinking how you see things. It, it's, 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 it's relearning how to, you know, the way I like to put it is, you know, Jesus teaches us how to actually be human as opposed to, you know, uh, which is which is interesting. We say people act like animals, but most animals, and we were talking about that the other day, um, um, animals don't kill unless they're going to eat it for the most part. People kill just over territory. Animals will fight over territories, but somebody, one of them always submits, right? Humans are the only ones who actually have this ability to like have a hatred for another people to actually want to kill them in order to obtain what they have so it's i imagine animals say stuff like quit acting human you know anyway i got i digress sorry <laughs> i tend to think of like salvation from selfishness i feel like you know like that's our talking about animals I think like us needing to take care of like I, I need to take care of my needs my wants my this that and um, so I think like I have to remind myself that like I, I don't I don't have to worry about me because um, I think I think selfishness is a, a form of hell you know it's like a it's one of these <coughs> short-term things that seems nice, but it's it's really tricky, and you end up being miserable. I think we see it all the time, but um, so yeah, like uh, being saved towards realizing I don't I don't have to worry about me, and it's I think you mentioned something else like it's ongoing, and I think mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> minute to minute. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would I would say I mean, and and I would agree like using hell in, in the terms that we're doing because if, if anything is unchristlike, it's it's hellish right i mean that's what you know there, there's like there's christ and there's not christ and and so anything that's not of christ or like christ is i would say is hellish yeah i was thinking more about the steve's comment about the island of misfit toys oh sorry and she raised her hand. Go ahead. Go ahead. I talk all the time. <laughs> you talk. Well, salvation for me is having faith. Um, just the faith that there's a greater being out there watching out for you. I've lost mm -hmm. some family members, and although I miss them in my life, I think I was given a tremendous gift of understanding, and I've seen how faith has helped them through and has been their salvation. There you go. You mean gospel? Oh. <laughs> no, I was thinking about uh, Steve's comment about the Island of Misfit Toys, which is one of my favorite topics. Um, be, because I oftentimes talk about the living room. Um, I, I think we are the Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah. But I, but I think the truth is, I think we're just 
we're the island of misfit toys that acknowledges we're the island of misfit toys yeah. and um and so when I think about on the Thanksgiving something God's given me is you know there was a time when everything in my life was about judging every other scenario I didn't know it but that's what it was and certainly my perspective was right and so I mean I couldn't even go to like a family gathering without there being someone show up and in my head I'd be thinking about how messed up they are and how wrong they are and you know I'd, I'd be you know just I was just on that path and I didn't even know I was doing it and, and now I kind of step back and I'm like you know you're a you're a train with square wheels and that's okay you know kind of a thing you know that's just what you are and I'm not sitting there trying to tell them they need to change the wheels for round ones and uh, uh or, or uh, Jack in the Box is named Charlie in the Box or whatever you know and uh and it's really helped me and so now I can go to like family gatherings and I'm not thinking the whole time about wanting everyone to change to be whatever I want them to be. Mm-hmm. I can actually be like, man, I am so glad they took enough time out of the day to come be with us, right. you know. And it, it just, it, it brings this crazy amount of joy into your life that, you know, I was robbing myself of before. So. Yeah, because I, mean, I, I say things like I did earlier about Steve, what Stephen and, and Haley taught on. And it's like, I actually used to be the kind of person was if he, like you're saying if you didn't think like I did I really didn't care what you had to say I would let you speak your mind until I rejected it you know but now I like to actually listen to other people's points of views and and find out you know what can I learn from that even if I don't agree with it I can probably usually learn something from listening to somebody else I, I'm your salvation, right? <laughs> come on, come on. Preach it, girl. I know that I like to think of uh, the importance of uh, being a team player and a group effort, uh, everybody collaborating and coordinating. And I, I just see something very isolating about uh, um, hanging on to a, a grudge or the hatred. Uh, and um, when you do, nobody else is exactly in your position and understands where you're coming from. So, you know, hanging on to it is not just all the energy uh, that, you know, that you have to, uh, to have that hatred, but it's also isolating you, and I, I just, uh, I feel that when you can let go of it, you're not only extending yourself, you know, to them with uh, the forgiveness and making up, but you're also, uh, you know, bonding and uh, being a team. And I, I just like everything that I do from being here to my music, to my teams at work, and uh, reconnecting with my family is, is all these group things. And, and so I think that's a, an important part of, a, you know, being thankful. That's why I work by myself because I, I don't like teamwork. Go ahead. A little thing to uh, add to like holding on grudges or anger. Like the, thing, the saying that I think about a lot is like holding on to a grudge or being angry at somebody is like drinking poison but expecting them to die. So like all you're doing is yeah. like hurting yourself. Because like what Haley said, you know, if they hurt you, they don't, they're not feeling it, they don't care. But if you're holding on to anger, you're like 
you're just hurting yourself. So I try to think about that to release anger because it doesn't do, do any good. Packed this out pretty good. All right, uh, well, thanks for sharing, and um, um, <clears throat> so um, it's time for communion, so I'll pray for you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me and for saving all of us. I, I thank you, Lord, that um, we, we talk a lot about... Um, we love you because um, you died for us to forgive us of our sins. But I'd like to take um, this time right here just to say thank you for showing us um, how to <clears throat> thank you for saving us from the, the things that we struggle with. Um, even though we haven't um, gotten through all them yet that you are still in the process of saving us from them. And, um, I never re really realized how empty and, and dark my world was until, until you showed me exactly how dark and empty it was. So I thank you for that, Lord. I also thank you, Lord, for um, being the example of how we are to live to um, be willing um, to love our enemies, to be willing to even um, give our lives for, for someone. Because that's the example you set for us when they um, nailed you to the cross. We thank you, Lord, for the, the body you gave and the blood you poured out. And as we, as we partake in this communion and as we, we break the bread and dip it in the juice I pray Lord that it uh, strengthens us spiritually that it's an acknowledgement of a reflection of how we are to also conduct our own lives to reflect you and to give you glory we love you Lord and we thank you for mercy and the grace. And we ask all this in your name. Amen. <coughs> if you put your I didn't get that. <laughs>